Welcome to implementing the principles and practice of health evangelism. Probably many of you know that uh, Dr. Elvin Adams, who presented this morning, wrote a book by that title, The Principles and Practice of Health Evangelism. And I'm told, anyway, that uh, Becca has some copies of his book, and some of you are here because you want to pick off a free book. Um, and we should be able to give that to you at the end, assuming Becca can find them. If she doesn't, blame Becca, don't blame me. But um, we are attempting to um, find that for you. So why don't we uh, bow our heads for prayer, and then I'm going to uh, kind of talk through what we're going to do during this uh, next hour here. Let's pray. Dear God, we are so thankful for your blessings. We are thankful for health, a health message, a message of salvation, salvation from so many different uh, habits that uh, bind people, that bind us, the ability to look to Jesus for power, the ability to help others learn to look to Jesus for power to overcome. Ask that you will bless us during this hour, help us to um, learn something new that we can each implement in our own lives. For Jesus' sake, amen. So I hope I can adequately convey to you how excited I am about this topic. I've got to amp up the, my own energy to keep up with Patty Guthrie, who's going to be sharing with us later because she's always extremely energetic. And I'm very pleased that my pastor, Chris Anderson, is here, and he's also going to be sharing. He and I will kind of be tag-teaming uh, the experience at South Bay, Seventh-day Adventist Church. We'll talk about that. And then Patty uh, is going to be sharing the experience from a completely different church, Mount Shasta. And uh, at the end, we'll kind of wrap up with some spiritual observations. Thankful that Dr. Adams is here. Probably give him a chance to make some comments. And uh, we're going to share together a lot of different ideas about health evangelism and how we can optimize it. So, tale of two churches. Uh, I think that our church at South Bay is kind of the opposite of uh, Patty Guthrie's church out in Mount Shasta in many different ways. You see some of them listed on the screen. We're a very new church plant. In fact, we just became a church two months ago, three months ago, something like that. Um, and so it's a very exciting time for us, uh, whereas Mount Shasta has been there for quite some time. Our church is very near Southern Adventist University, so many people drive from the Collegedale area about 15, 20 minutes to our church location, whereas Mount Shasta is extremely rural. Um, our attendance is probably around 200 on an average Sabbath, and of course Mount Shasta is um, much smaller. Uh, we're right in the middle of the Bible Belt. Anytime we go out and do outreach, we can make the assumption the people that we knock on their door, the vast majority consider themselves Christians already. Whereas Mount Shasta, I've been there. Uh, it is the West Coast, all the land of fruits and nuts, and there's a lot of fruity and nutty ideas that float around out there. Um, now, being a Christian, unfortunately, in the Bible Belt does not make you healthy. We're like the stroke capital of the world, the diabetes capital of the world, obesity capital of the world. In contrast, many of the individuals in the Mount Shasta area are already very health conscious. Our church is very anxious to do evangelism. We were just planted. That's what happens. You still have that, that fire of the, the excitement of planting a new church. You're just anxious to get out there and do stuff. Whereas once a church has been around for a while, in the natural course of things, sometimes that fire dies away a little bit. Our church uh, is fairly unified, and by contrast, I think there's a lot of diverse perspectives uh, that you might found if, if you went to the Mount Shasta Church. Our church has many, many families with small children. I think about 80% of the people in our church are families with young children. There are lots and lots and lots of young kids, and that presents both opportunities and challenges, whereas Mount Shasta is probably more your average Seventh-day Adventist church where there's few families 
with small children. So we're going to see how these two different churches did health evangelism, what they have in common. What my church has in common and what uh, the Mount Shasta church has in common is that someone read that book. And I cannot, I can't um, begin to describe to you how it completely changed my ideas about health evangelism. I think I've been doing it wrong my whole life. I really do. Um, much of what I have thought I was doing as health evangelism, I, after reading this book, I'm like, boy, that, that was good secular health advice. But I'm not sure it would qualify as evangelism. But uh, Pastor Chris read the book, and if possible, he got more excited than I did. And it was really revolutionary, especially the first chapter. It really exploded my idea of what medical missionary work really was. In its place, however, it presented something that was Christ-centered, evidence-based, relationship-focused. And because of that, at our church, we changed everything that we were doing. And that's what we'd like to share with you this morning. We're just going to share some, um, some of our experiences. I think some of them will be very um, similar to what many of you have experienced. And I hope that you can glean some ideas that will, uh, that will be helpful to you. Here are the learning objectives, if you uh, happen to look at those in your program. By the end, you're supposed to be able to discuss the importance of the following variables. Venue, group size, spiritual emphasis, pastoral involvement, understand and implement various outcome measures in health evangelism, and describe the role of health evangelism in conversion. We touched on all three of these things briefly uh, this morning when Dr. Adams spoke, but um, again, I hope by the end you'll have perhaps a different perspective in each of those three areas. So here's South Bay. We don't have our own church building. We're renting a Methodist church. Our pastor, Chris Anderson, and thanks to our um, audiovisual team, we have a nice logo, etc. So let's talk about South Bay. This is what we did last year. As you'll see at the end, we're doing something slightly different this year, and we're going to talk about each of these programs in turn. DWTD stands for Dinner with the Doctor. We'll talk about that program. It's our monthly health program that then hopefully leads into uh, a weekly health program. We did the Best Way program, which you heard about this morning, Secrets to Living Stronger, Living Longer, the Grundy County Diabetes program, the Depression Recovery program, that's uh, Neil Nedley's program, and these hopefully lead into some miscellaneous programs, some church attendance, and then we're going back home from this directly into a prophecy seminar. And hopefully we're going to have a lot of people uh, from these health programs attend that. So we're going to talk about each of these in turn. Right now the depression recovery program is going on, so after dinner with the doctor, um, we'll talk about that one, and then we'll kind of go through our year. This is spring, late spring, summer, fall, and that's our, that's our year. So let's talk about dinner with the doctor. Most of you are kind of familiar with this monthly health program idea, and this is kind of what I grew up watching. You'd have some health professional, usually a physician or a dentist or a nurse practitioner or someone else, and you'd invite the community to come in some way, and they'd all come in, and you'd feed them a healthy meal, do a little cooking demo showing them how you fix the healthy meal, probably take a door prize or two, give them a handout about the recipes, and then you'd stand up and give a didactic lecture just like I'm doing right now. Everyone's facing forward, they're all kind of looking at you, and you share some health information, and then they all go home. Right? Have you seen this before? We've all done this before. That's what I've done probably most of my, most of my life. That's what I considered health evangelism. We were a little bit different, oops, in that we had some hospital sponsorship. And this was a unique thing to our church, which I, I really want to reach out to my fellow health professionals as well. So I went to the local hospital and said, hey, you all want to sponsor this program? And they were kind enough to do so, to the tune of thousands of dollars. They pay for all of our tablecloths, all the flyer printing, and all the food. And that helped a lot with finances. More importantly was the public relations that that allowed us to do. They would send emails to all their nurses 
and many of them would come out. They would send their population health nurses who would measure blood pressure and weight and a few other um, uh, measures on the participants who wished to at each health program and keep that data. It was helpful to them. It was part of their mission to the community. And it was also helpful to us to see how we were doing. Here's how we did. Systolic blood pressure for about the 12 people who were there through the entire year. We got data on a lot more than that. But the 12 people who actually came through the entire year dropped their systolic blood pressure by 15 points. That's pretty impressive for just having someone stand up front and do a lecture on other topics. Sure, I gave one on hypertension, but we talked about diabetes and cancer and, you know, all the normal things that we talk about at these type of programs. And then I read this book, and I said, you know, this really isn't health evangelism. This is not health evangelism. And so although we haven't really arrived with the Dinner with the Doctor program, we did try to change it such that it would get closer to that ideal. We started measuring our outcomes a little bit better. You've heard of non-Adventist person visits. So for 2017, or about the year, we had about 1,400 non-Adventist person visits. Well, that's pretty good. We also implemented small groups and discussion. And because this is a monthly program, and you don't have the same people coming every single month, it's not as good of a small group. But we'll have a table leader, and throughout the lecture, instead of just standing and talking the whole time, I will ask interactive questions or encourage the other presenters to do so, and they will then have some more interaction at their tables to try to get to know these people. Of those 1,400 non-Adventist person visits, many of them have been attending dinner with the doctor for several years now, and so we are starting to form more relationships with them. We've become more intentional about spiritual references. I've asked all the presenters, and I myself have tried to um, be more intentional about pointing people to Jesus as the only source for change. And in the future, hopefully, we can move this to our church home. This is probably one of the most important things Dr. Adams said this morning. I think it's very important that our health evangelism be at the church, because that is the home, right? That is the home for the Christian. Well, we don't have a church, and if any of you have an extra million dollars, see Pastor Chris Anderson, uh, this is a shameless plug. We're trying to raise money for a church building. We'll either build, buy, or we'll take whatever, but we're, um, we're interested in having a church home. So if any of you wish to contribute to that cause, I think amen's okay with me raising money here. I don't know. So see Pastor Chris and give us some money. We're, we're, we're all excited about it. Pastor Chris, speaking of you, I think it is your turn to talk about DARP. Well, greetings. It's good to be here. This is my second amen. Last year, uh, I attended out in, uh, on the East Coast and really enjoyed there. I didn't make... Um, uh, Dr. Elvin Adams' presentation, but Eric sent it to me later. He said, Chris, check this out. And when I did, I heard, oh, there's a book. And I'm always trying to find good books to read. And I found it on iBooks. So if you don't want to carry around a hardback book, there is a copy on iBooks, and you can read it there. And uh, I was just revolutionized in my understanding. Uh, we're given good counsel about how we should do, or that we should do health work, but sometimes you wonder, I mean, I wonder how to do it. And this book is a really practical, hands-on manual in, uh, in doing it. And so uh, this is one of the uh, pro health programs that we have. We have five. Uh, the, the Nedley Depression and Anxiety Recovery Program is community-based, and we're currently doing this in session. Our, our first time that we had this program, we had 15, and currently we have 26 that are enrolled in it, and uh, it's really uh, growing. Um, they're also um, doing an inpatient program. It's the only one on the, on the East Coast that will be happening here in a few weeks. It's their second time doing that. So uh, we have a total of non-Adventist person visits, 310, and um, the program has small group facilitators that discuss with, uh, with those that come and are part of the program. So there's a lecture, and then there's a small group element that's really important there. 
And uh, the pastoral involvement that we have with this program is we have a, a retired pastor that's with us, and he's part one of the facilitators, and he is able to connect with the guests that come. Um, and the, uh, I wanted to share with you just, to me, I just got this text from the, the uh, lady that's leading out our program, and uh, this is from one of the attendees. Hi, Mrs. Helsinger. So I really believe my depression is over. I kept looking into the symptoms described by Nedley and thought, I don't have these things anymore. I don't know when it ended. It's one of those things that just happen, and you don't really notice it, because you've been living with it for so long. But it's been weeks, maybe even longer, that I've, just experienced, that I've last experienced any of the symptoms enough for me to be depressed. Her life is being changed. Praise God. Well, this thing doesn't want to go forward here. There we go. Oh, we were supposed to add pictures here, Chris. Sorry. We didn't get pictures. We were printing these handouts like 10 minutes ago for uh, Patty's part as well, so sorry. There were some pictures of all the results. There's good results, trust me. I'm a doctor. So you heard about the Best Way program this morning briefly. Um, I'm positive if you ask uh, Dr. Adams afterwards, he'll be happy to give you some, um, some uh, handouts and some uh, resources there. Uh, we do this every spring, and this is kind of the prototypical uh, program that... Um, hits all the points that are outlined in this book as health evangelism. The spiritual is built in from the beginning. There are lots and lots of measures. And as a physician, I like things to be evidence-based. I like to know that it's actually working. And um, that's, that's built into this program. Um, there's small group discussion, which is the core of the program, which creates that connection with the attendees. And we did see that at our, uh, at our program. Uh, we it runs for 10 weeks, and by the end of that, there was a strong connection, not only from the small group, but also with communicating with your, uh, your table attendees during the week. Every day, you're supposed to be connecting with them, or they're supposed to be connecting with you. Integration of spiritual decisions. This is built into the program. We're asking them to make spiritual decisions about prayer, about reading the Bible. And of course, uh, the pastor involvement. Uh, pastor Chris had an excellent um, devotional every single program applying the truths of the Bible to what they were learning. What we've tried to do is take these principles from the Best Way program and apply them to all of the other programs, which don't automatically have some of those things built in, and that's what we'll be talking about as we go forward. Uh, we had, in our first program there, 31 uh, non-Adventist attendees for non-Adventist person visits of 160. We have two that have been sporadically attending our church since then, we're very excited about that. Total weight loss, if you look at the uh, medical uh, outcomes, 195 and a half pounds for the 27 folks who completed the entire program, and one person lost nearly 22 pounds. So we were very excited about that. Two people actually gained weight during the program, but of course they were the ones who were skipping breakfast, so we don't feel too bad about that. Secrets to Living Stronger, Living Longer. This is an out-of-the-box program that uh, Don McIntosh has put together. Uh, if you go to prophesiesofhealth.com, you can uh, uh, purchase the program there. It's a program that is built to be half health talk and half a spiritual talk. And there are videos of Don McIntosh doing the entire thing, which you could use. Of course, we'd encourage people to actually give the lectures themselves. They have the PowerPoint or keynote slides available, handouts available, etc., etc. Each uh, It's uh, six weeks, and each one of these weeks is based around one of the chapters in Daniel chapter 1 through 6. It goes through them sequentially, drawing health principles out of those chapters from the book of Daniel 
And then looking at it from a spiritual perspective, just very overt Bible study. We ran this program immediately after the Best Way program at the request of one of our non-Adventist attendees said, you know, I've been making spiritual decisions at this health program. I'm afraid that when I stop the program, I'm going to slide back. And they said, okay, well, let's do something about it. And I had to be aware of this program, and so that's uh, what we went into. We did a few cooking demos to kind of transition from the health talk, which was, again, kind of a didactic lecture that uh, I would give, into a small group discussion, which was essentially a small group Bible study of each of the first six chapters of the book of Daniel. And the, um, the hope was that people were going to continue on doing uh, a prophecy study afterwards. Um, we had several people continue on, but unfortunately continued on the diabetes program, <laughs> which was following. There's a nice uh, little final summary. There's a whiteboard animation. If some of you are interested afterwards, I can show you what that looks like. It's Don McIntosh's hand scribbling on the board, kind of summarizing nicely the entire uh, chapter that uh, you studied in the book of Daniel. So that's secrets to living stronger and living longer. Let's see. Grundy County, reversing diabetes program. So this program uh, didn't, didn't really have a strong spiritual component, but we took what we had learned from Best Way and we put it here, same practice, and so I gave a devotional topic each time, uh, pointing to Jesus as the power that can give us help to change. And um, the lectures were um, video-based, but we had uh, Dr. Aisha Inanker there. She gave some presentations. Uh, we had a little s small meal that was kind of buffet-style. They would go over and get it, and then would eat together. Uh, there were table hosts. We had one table host of three guests, so the amount of guests we could take were based on the amount of church members that could mingle with those that were coming. And uh, this program went really well. Um, when it finished, uh, everyone was hugging each other. Oh, we're going to miss you. This has been so nice. Thank you so much. Uh, it just was music to my ears to see those relationships building. So 181 non-Adventist person visits. And uh, Eric, share what those stats were. Um, systolic blood pressure was down by five, and weight was down by uh, just two and a half pounds. We did not measure hemoglobin A1C levels. We plan to do that in the future. Um, by report, people were using less insulin by the end of the program, and a couple of folks were getting off some of their medications. But we don't actually have that data measured. As you saw from that first slide, we tried to lead from each of these health programs. We tried to lead from our monthly health program into weekly health programs that we run sequentially through the year at our church location. And from that, we invited people to additional kind of miscellaneous programs. Um, I see Teeny Finley's here, and the name of her program, I wrote it down, is Natural Lifestyle Cooking. Talk with Teeny afterwards for more information about that. We tried to do something similar to that where we went into people's homes and did cooking schools. And we'd advertise the availability and willingness of some of our church members who are expert cooks to come to people's homes and teach them how to cook. And that's really an excellent way to connect with people. When you're in their home, they're trusting you to come into their home, you're working together with them in their own kitchen, and then you eat a meal with them. I mean, that's, that's hospitality at its best. Um, so that's a, a powerful way to connect with people. We connected with several of our attendees from Dinner with the Doctor with kind of in-home cooking schools. We also did some shopping tours uh, kind of after Dinner with the Doctor, take them to the, shop, take them to the store and show them how to shop. We did a gardening seminar. We had about 40 people attend, and several people from our parent church, not our parent church, our uh, rental facility, the Methodist Church, were able to attend that, and that was a good way to connect with them. Uh, we have someone who's good at gardening in our church, and we appreciated that. One of the attendees at Dinner with the Doctor actually suggested, hey, we need to do a cookie exchange at Christmas. And so he said, okay, sure. 
And uh, we did a cookie exchange, healthy cookies, of course, healthy cookies. Not low carb, perhaps, but they were healthy cookies after. The idea is that from all of these programs, we want to be constantly encouraging people to come to more overtly spiritual programs. And we have some targeted sermons. Christmas and Thanksgiving were the obvious ones. At dinner with the doctor, we made a nice little handout, invited people to come learn about Thanksgiving from an emotional intelligence standpoint. And I gave that sermon, and we had um, you know, four or five people from dinner with the doctor attend. Um, we tried to continue our Bible studies on the book of Daniel, and although we did continue, most of the folks actually went with the diabetes program, but that's what we're planning to continue trying in the future. Uh, we have a special Christmas service, as I mentioned, and our evangelistic series is happening as a continuation um, of study of the prophecies, as, like I said, as soon as we get back home here. So we'll see what happens with that one. We don't have data to share on that one yet. Patty, come on up. I promised everybody you're even higher energy than I am. So, Did everybody get your Gmail address put down in the computer so we can share that with you? All right. So see Philip. Philip's wave your hand. If any of you have a Gmail address and you have not yet given it to Philip, do that right now because in about uh, five minutes, Patty's going to be sharing something I'm extremely excited about. She's, and we have some handouts too. We'll hand those out uh, right now as well. Only a few handouts. Oh, whoops, uh, Chris, go enter your password. Patty. It's a, privilege, it's a privilege to be here. And this is a view, a picture taken from our living room in Mount Shasta. And we just Yahoo News came out this week and said that of all the volcanoes in the United States, Mount Shasta is in the top five most likely, including the ones in Alaska and Hawaii, most likely to blow. <laughs> so this is our home. Um, as mentioned, what's unique about our community, it's rural, it's gorgeous. We have more beautiful places to walk than you can imagine. It's secular, new age, and I can't underscore that strongly enough. Uh, it's health conscious, and we do have beautiful scenery. And I just want to mention right now, we have some folks from our Siskiyou County, um, northernmost county in California here. Diana Dixier, if you want to raise your hands. And then Mike and Vicki Hess, they're not at our church. This is feedback. What's, why is that? Okay, uh, the physician pastor in Fort Jones, and then back in the back we have Christina Severmutu, and um, my daughter Laurel. Anyway, we have church family here that are are part of our team, and so I want to emphasize this is not just me. Uh, what's unique about our church? Um, when we moved there in 2005, we found out that our church did not have a history of doing public evangelism, and they were adverse to the concept. And so um, that was new for us. We came from a little conservative church in the south to the left coast. And so this was different, but uh, we've come to appreciate and embrace where we're at, and God has actually been able to grow us and help us learn in ways we would have never learned otherwise. So... Uh, here we have in our fellowship hall a meal being served. Um, but over time, God is blessed, and we've had some baptisms. And if you look closely here, you'll see Christina Severmutu here on the far left of this baptism picture. She was baptized with her husband, Mike, this summer. She's been, uh, she came in profession of faith several years ago, but Mike was baptized, and she chose to cement her commitment to Christ in baptism. Some other folks here... Um, that were baptized. So what 
our programs led me to do was to initiate Bible studies with people because we couldn't have public evangelism in our church, or that wasn't an option that was available to us, so we started initiating Bible studies, and bit by bit, not just because of me, but because of all of us working together, God is blessed. So what we've tried, lots of programs, Diabetes Undone, Weight Loss Support Group, Optimize Your Brain, and so on, all these things. Just want to make a note that over the years that we've done these, I've become increasingly frustrated. Um, Oh, well, first, yeah, we've had lots of guest speakers as well um, come to our church different times. We'll come up to the far north and share what you know, (laughs) and it's a real blessing. So uh, ways we invite people to come, reaching out to neighbors and friends. Dr. Shear and uh, many of his patients he invites to come. My husband, Todd Guthrie, also invites his patients. It's really wonderful when you get a, pa- a referral from an Adventist physician. Uh, we run announcements in the newspaper. I have developed an email community health mailing list that we send out regularly only to announce our health programs. I don't use it for anything else. Uh, in our church bulletin, we also print flyers and door-to-door Last Sabbath, um, the Shearers and other folks were going for a walk, and Todd ended up in surgery, and I thought, I don't want to go leave him, so I'm just going to kind of hang out. And I went to town, and then I thought, it's sunshine, I want to walk in the sun. And then I thought, you know, there's all these people here, so I decided I was going to go and start knocking on doors and inviting them to the next thing we have going on, which is going to be uh, depression, I'm sorry, grief loss recovery program. So I just had this little pad with me and I would I would just knock on the door and say hi I'm Patty we just we're having a grief and loss recovery program we'd like to invite you I handed them the flyer and that initiated so many amazing conversations so if they were interested like this first guy I just had him sign up on my little notepad here so I was um anyway it was just a thrill <laughs> I can't tell you all the stories of what happened there But uh, God has put a burden on my heart not just to do something because I have to, because I love people, and I want people to be saved. So I'm not very good at keeping statistics about what how many Bible studies we're doing or how many baptisms we had. I can't tell you any of that or how many people are coming. I do know how many people are coming because we keep attendance records. They sign up every week when they come. And if they're new, for the first time, we have them sign in and give us our information, including uh, their information, address, and so on, including how they found out about the program. But our goal is to develop relationships with these folks. So, um, yeah, goals. To bring Christ into every program. That was the thing I started to really feel the weakness. A lot of the programs I've done over the years have been uh, shared information about health, but we haven't shared Jesus. I wanted to. I wanted to be like a package sharing Jesus, but I, I, I think that I have been ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I thought, well, maybe people won't want to hear it. But I decided I don't want to do that anymore. We're going to just let people know we love them. And you don't have to believe in Jesus, but if you're coming here to this church, that's what we have to offer you that's unique, that's not at the other uh, other programs that you might attend. So um, our goal to develop and cultivate friendships, cultivate Bible study interests through that, and uh, be with people who are struggling with addictions and Pray with them, experiencing, watching them experience lifestyle change, uh, ultimately leading to conversion and baptism. So um, one of the things we wanted to do, uh, there was a request actually that we would run a five-day stop smoking program. So I, we had old materials we looked at. I read through those and I thought, where is Jesus? <laughs> I'm sure it was there maybe perhaps, but what I've seen of the materials, I didn't see Jesus in that. So... 
I, um, uh, over doing programs over the years, we found that a more conversational approach is working really well. And so um, I developed this five day plus smoking cessation plan. We ran it as a pilot last uh, February in the middle of the day, five days. And then after running it, we called it five day plan at that time, but I called this five day plus because five day plan has some deficiencies, one of which we're not developing ongoing relationships with people. So five day plus is a program, but following the program, then we're going to invite them to continue doing, uh, coming to our church for support. And what we started in March was a weight loss program, which I also developed on the fly. Every, every Monday, I would develop another program, and then we would do it that night. <laughs> and so uh, the shears, they're there, they're teaching some of the time. And so the format here for a five-day plan is um, welcome in prayer, and then we present the promise. The first one is, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Folks, you've been struggling with something that's had a hold on you, but we want to, it would be a crime if we didn't introduce you to the only person who can really help you. Jesus came to save not the strong, but the weak. And no matter how weak you are, you're not too weak that Jesus can't help you. And we're here to love you and support you and care about you. We want to provide information. And if you don't want Jesus, that's okay. But we love you and we care. And we're going to be praying for you. And that's how we started our program. And that's how we continued each day, talking with these folks who came and hearing their stories. And uh, so we um, gave them a little overview. And then I would just give them, now, like with the weight loss, I would give them my handout. So all the YouTube links, I just found YouTubes online. I used some of Life and Health things. And I just wove those together, and I used some of the old five-day tricks for stopping smoking, or tools, and added some newer ones. And so that's what this program is. Day one, day two, we have people... Um, so I use the whiteboard, and I say, okay, folks, let's, you're going to help me here. And so I put on the left side, triggers. So why don't you tell me, what is a trigger for you? What causes you to feel like you want to start to go smoking. So, well, when I wake up in the morning, I have this routine where I go in the kitchen and I drink a cup of coffee and then I sit down in the chair, read the paper and smoke a cigarette or whatever. So then we have to think through, okay, what? So on the left, I would write down the triggers. That's an example. Then I would say, and together as a group, we'd say, okay, now what could we do to, what new thing could we plan to do that would be different than that? And then we create a plan, you know, drink, and then we bring in the eight laws of health. So really, the five-day smoking plan is just simply, um, oh yeah, right, handouts. What do you, well, we have this whole thing uh, on a Google Doc that you can look at. I'm happy to email you PDFs or whatever you'd like. So anyway, um, I, I think that in churches doing a, a weekly health program is the very best thing we've ever done. When we started the weight management program last March, I didn't know how long it was going to last. I know in our humanity we get tired of helping people, but the people, the longer we go, the better the relationships are. And so now, as a result from that, we've started Bible studies, and it's just so thrilling to see God work. And I just want to set 
California on fire, with a different kind of fire, where we can discover the joy of winning souls. There is nothing in comparison. I don't know if Christina or Shears, if you want to add anything to what I'm saying. Uh, if it's Anyway, uh, it's truly not me. We want to... Um, bring them into our church family and have them get to know. So we like we invite the depression recovery class over to our house for Sabbath dinner. We have the whole church over for Sabbath dinner, including we always have uh, quite a few non-Adventists every time we have a potluck at our house. And uh, so they're getting to know us. Okay, so any other questions or thoughts about the five-day plan? The, the last day we show that really sad movie, uh, The Marlboro Man, it just breaks your heart. It was, it was uh, produced many years ago, but um, now I think we can't send people home and say, good luck with your smoking. You know, we're going to say, come back next week on Monday night, and we're going we're to be here to support you and help you and learn new ways to eat and uh, to live that are going to really bless you. So just to conclude, inspired counsel, medical missionary work, and the gospel ministry are the channels through which God seeks to pour a constant supply of his goodness. They are to be as the river of life for the irrigation of his church. Sorry, I messed that up there. And then conclusion, when medical missionary work is done, utilizing this combined approach, there is little need for a bridge program to transition to Bible study because the Bible has been part of the program from the beginning. So just to underscore this, the format that we're doing is very interactive. We'll show a video. I think videos that are about five or seven minutes are about great before people lose their concentration. And then, all right, what did we just hear in that? What did we just learn? And we'll discuss that. By the way, we just are right now finishing up a depression recovery, but it's an It Is Written series that was done with John Bradshaw interviewing Neil Nedley. And it's taking the principles that optimize your brain, which I've done before, but it's simpler, and John Bradshaw is doing reflective listening to Dr. Nedley as they're talking. So John Bradshaw is in the position of the person who's listening uh, or watching the video, and then we discuss it. And Lorraine Gabriel, who is here at this conference, produced a very detailed handout for each of the It Is Written programs. So total time video for those is like 28 minutes, and there's three segments. It's perfect for a one-hour program, and we discuss those, and all kinds of ideas come up. But anyway, we're praying, and God is blessing, and I, I hope... Yeah, Philip? Those uh, handouts are some that uh, are notes. Lorraine Gabriel emailed them to me, and I printed them out. And I copied them, and so everybody, in fact, I have them right here. This, um, what we gave people when they came was this, and it has the handouts for the depression thing. So she wrote down the notes, so it's very factual or, or true to, this is the handouts right here, all, and it's eight weeks. And so uh, this coming Monday night is the last week of having run that, and it's just gone. Do you want to add anything to this? I just, you all aren't hearing the whole perspective because Christina's been coming every, t- every chance she gets and uh, the shears are there. Anyway, it's, it's just a, a real blessing. I'd be happy to email this to anybody that wants it. Yeah, so if you want to just give me emails and we'll be happy to share. All right, anything else? Okay.
So I came across this quote um, about a year or so ago. It says, if our physicians and ministers can work together in the presentation of truth to the people, more can be reached than could be influenced by the minister alone. And so I've appreciated working together with the health professionals in our church. Uh, there's a strong um, together relationship in this process, and uh, it's been a huge blessing to me. <clears throat> How do you know if you're making progress in uh, building uh, in the work forward with health work? Um, when I, I used to have a construction business, and I'd build houses, and I would wonder, are we moving forward? The guys would move piles of lumber here to there and then back again. And, you know, how do you know you're actually getting something done? For me, it was when I heard nails being driven into wood. When nails were being fastened, I knew progress was happening. So uh, with church members, how do I know that progress is happening? For me, it's when I see relationships being developed. When Christ mingled with people, that's when relationships could develop. So when I see church members actually mingling, I think it's a, it's a huge benefit. Um, just a little tip, one of the churches we went to, that I used to go to, uh, they wanted to honor the new attendees and the, uh, and the new church members. So they had a special table set aside for new church members or guests. And so uh, they would have them go through the line first, and then they would go sit down at that table as a table of honor. But then all the church members would go sit at their table with their friends, and that was the loneliest table in the entire church. Right there. So was there any mingling going on? No. It's when church members are mingling with and connecting with building relationships. So when uh, I was listening to the Best Way program, it, it, I'd give it my devotional talk, the lecture had happened, and then the church members were having their dialogue portion uh, with the guests. There was a buzz in the room of this discussion back and forth. When the program was finished, it wasn't just goodbye, we'll see you later. People were hugging each other. And so progress, when it's happening, in my mind, is when church members are actually mingling. Um, another huge component is total member involvement. We try to get every single church member involved. And uh, these programs, these health programs, provide an excellent way to do that. In particular, the table host element, where you have the table hosts discussing uh, with the attendees. It's huge. Um, youth involvement, you see our youth here. They're wearing their dinner with the doctor shirts. They have been uh, helping to serve the food to the tables at dinner with the doctor, and the people just love it. So our youth are, are highly involved in this element as well, as well as when we go out and hand out flyers about programs. They're involved there as well. Uh, observations of specific programs, the, uh, the best way and the uh, diabetes program, I've, I felt that there was a strong spiritual component. And um, conversion can happen in that process. And uh, I think it was Mark Finley that talked about there can be a spectrum in a person's progress from, from a total atheist to a Christian. And so they can be moved one notch closer in, in one of these health events. And as, indeed, they can actually become converted even if they don't realize the full um, doctrinal truths of the Adventist church. And so it's a beautiful thing to see, uh, to see the power of God involved in these people's lives. And so we're still trying to figure out how to make that a little bit stronger with Dinner with a Doctor program. And breaking down prejudice, one of the ladies that came to our diabetes, excuse me, our, our depression anxiety recovery program, she attended the church one time to share her testimony. And when she was there, there was a child dedication. And she said, oh, I would love to dedicate my son. Could I do that? Well, of course you could. will dedicate your child to Jesus. So we arranged and she brought him on a Sabbath with her mother and we dedicated her child to Jesus. Um, she's not a son of the Adventist, but she considers the Adventist church her church. And just this week, she contacted the leader of our program and says, I'd really like to study the Bible with someone. Could you line that up where I could, I could, I could study what the Adventists believe? So these programs are huge with breaking down prejudice. 
I went to the community center that's not too far from our church, and I said, uh, we're having these programs at our church. Uh, is there any way we could maybe ever hold a program like that here at the community center? And they said, we would love it. We'll partner with you. We'll charge you nothing. You can use our, our facility. If I had asked them, could we hold a prophecy series here? <laughs> they would have said no. Uh, but truly, um, these health programs are definitely an entering wedge into, into the community. It can make a big difference. Am I on the next one? Much of the prejudice that prevents the truth of the third angel's message from reaching the hearts of the people might be removed if more attention were given to health reform. When people become interested in this subject, the way is often prepared for the entrance of other truths. If they see that we are intelligent with regard to health, they will be more ready to believe that we are sound in Bible doctrines. And that's from this book. That's from Councils of Health. Yeah. All right. And this is mine here as well. Yeah, I talked about one step closer already. Uh, we had a, a couple that attended our prayer meeting recently, and they said, we learned about your church because our daughter came to the diabetes program. And so we're coming to your church because of that. So I thought that was pretty neat. Um, we had another lady that had joined our church through uh, two prophecy series. It took a while for her to finally make the decision, and she did. And her husband uh, had been watching 3ABN, and he felt like this was true, but he wasn't quite ready to make that decision. I got a call one evening, and um, it was Kathy, and she said, uh, could you please pray? Rocky's stepdad is on a life Air Force flight to the hospital. He was, uh, he's having some serious complications. And so I prayed, and the next day I went and visited him in the, in the hospital, had prayer with him then. He was the only one there, but he must have told his wife later uh, because she heard that the Adventist pastor came to visit. Uh, he died later that week, and, um, and so I never got to see him again. But Rocky eventually made the decision he wanted to be baptized, and he was just this last spring. At his baptism, his mother came, and she came to watch her son be baptized, and she came because that Adventist pastor visited her husband before he died. Just one step closer. That's all. So a couple um, kind of very practical points here, and I'm sure there's many other practical points that we can uh, share afterwards uh, during our Q&A here. Uh, Pastor Chris and I were talking on the flight out here. It's very helpful if you can create a church calendar even two years in advance so people have clear expectations about what is coming it's also helpful if your leadership team at the church can sit down and ask the question, what can we actually handle? Because uh, you don't want to burn out halfway through a program and do it badly. You want every single program to be very, very uh, effective and excellent in all ways. Table hosts, uh, as Dr. Adams mentioned this morning, are really that front line. They're the primary care for health evangelism. And training them is very, very important. We're privileged in the Southern area to have um, uh, Dr. Lily Tryon. She's one of the uh, nursing professors at Southern, and right now she's developing a uh, health coach um, curriculum for the General Conference. And we're very excited uh, in January she's going to be coming and training all the table helpers or table hosts at our church in how to be effective in uh, kind of uh, health coaching, in asking very directive questions and helping people think through their health habits. And so we're very excited about that. I think that'll be very helpful. We want pretty much every single church member to be an effective table, ho table host, table helper, and a health coach. And once you have that group of people who are trained as table helpers, they can be active in as many of your health programs as possible. 
Uh, certainly uh, with this number of health programs, we have some people who can come to one program and other people who can come to others. This is something that uh, I think is extremely helpful, and I'd encourage you to at least consider it. Not so much for the fact that your church could benefit financially from partnering with a local hospital, because that sometimes comes with strings attached, doesn't it? But it is very helpful to win the hearts of, what did Ellen White call them? I'm trying to think of uh, what she called them. Go into the highways first. Do you understand? Before you go into the byways. Do you remember that parable of Jesus? Ellen White makes a very interesting application from that. You go to the highways before you go to the byways. And frequently, the people who you would consider interests you want to reach in the highways are administrators, nurses, physicians, other workers at the hospital. These are folks that you want to win for Christ as well. And by partnering with the hospital, you open yourself up to be able to reach them. Certainly, you have to be wise in how you, um, how you work this out with the hospital. I've been very clear with our local, it's a Catholic hospital, Catholic uh, healthcare systems. And um, uh, we have very clear uh, boundaries. Um, I don't directly advertise the hospital services, and they don't either, at this health program. In fact, um, but we have lots of people that do come asking questions, and I'm happy to direct them for their medical needs to the local hospital. And we do... Uh, um, directly uh, direct them to our church, and the hospital's aware of that, and they're okay with that. So you, you do need to have those discussions, but consider coordination with your local hospital on some level. It's very helpful to reach that group of uh, healthcare providers. Pre-registration is very helpful for the more intensive uh, weekly programs, and one thing that I'm going to work on as soon as I get home is putting on our website a countdown to the next program. What Dr. Adams mentioned is you want to do the same thing every year at your church so that the community comes to know every spring that Adventist uh, church is going to do a, a weight loss program every spring. If you missed it this year, you can come next year. And so on our website, we want to have a countdown. The next Best Way program is happening in you know, 157 days you know, to keep the uh, church members involved as well. This is our plan for 2019. Um, instead of doing the uh, Secrets of Living, Stronger Living, Longer program, uh, I went to uh, David DeRose's uh, hypertension program, and um, Greg Steinke actually attends our church, and um, so we're privileged to have him. We're going to do a hypertension uh, uh, reversal program. The one thing um, that we are not very good at doing as an Adventist church is recognizing that someone who comes and makes a decision is converted. They have trusted Jesus to help them overcome perhaps the prevailing sin of this generation, which of course is right gluttony. Uh, or perhaps some other sin, such as smoking in their life, they have trusted Jesus to help them. Jesus gave them the power, and they recognize that. They're converted. They're saved. What we're going to be doing this year is a graduation Sabbath immediately following each of these uh, weekly health programs. And I haven't figured out what we're going to hand them yet, but we've got to hand them some certificate. And we need to make it spiritual. Jesus has helped you. You have been an overcomer. Thank you for attending our program. We embrace you as a church family. We are happy that you came, and we want you to consider coming to other events at our church as well, because we, want, we believe in holistic health, not just your physical health, but your mental health, your emotional health, and yes, your spiritual health as well. So that's the, uh, the big overall plan for 2019, and we will see how it goes. I would be happy to take any questions. Pastor Chris, maybe you could take the mic around. Uh, also, like any comments as well, we have a few minutes left here. 
Uh, before I give Pastor Chris the microphone, I think we have about 10 minutes. Um, if Dr. Adams wants to make any uh, comments, uh, feel free. If anyone else wants to share what's worked for you at your church, I see Teeny Finley here as well. I mentioned her program. Please get with her. Afterwards, um, Norman McNulty, where'd he go? Um, Norman is going to uh, bring a stack of uh, Dr. Adams' books up here. Only one per family group, okay? Right? Okay, I can trust you guys. If you were, um, if you were here for this whole breakout session, yes, you may have a, a free book of uh, Elvin Adams, and I, I trust it will be as um, transformative for you as it was for me. Um, Norman, if you could also bring a pad of paper up here. If you want any of the materials that Patty Guthrie's developed, I'm very excited about this Stop Smoking program. In my clinic, I share this five-day plan with uh, folks, but it does seem it's more like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And that's not health evangelism. We want people to understand that Jesus has power to help them change. So if you uh, put your email address down here, we'll make sure that Patty Guthrie gets you those materials, as well as the other program that she mentioned, which I hadn't even heard of until just now. So any questions, any comments? Belt and suspenders. Belt and suspenders. No. Yes, we'll take it twice. Write it down up here again. Um, I have a question. How many health programs do you do a year, and how long are they? Good question. So if I go back to this program, Dinner with the Doctor is monthly, except for the summer and December. So nine months out of the year, we're doing our monthly health program. Best Way runs 10 weeks. That's the last two. We have Tuesdays is the only time we have a rental facility. So we go every Tuesday for 10 weeks, starting the last Tuesday in January. We take a break for about two weeks, and then we are going to do a month on hypertension. So four Tuesdays in a row. We'll uh, take a break for three Tuesdays after that. Um, we did Diabetes Undone, which is eight weeks in the past. Grundy County program is only six weeks, and so that's one of the reasons we chose it, because we we're having trouble squeezing everything in. The Grundy County Diabetes Program is six weeks, and then uh, Depression Recovery Correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor Chris. I think it's 10 weeks. Is that an accurate? It's 10 weeks. Yes. Yes. So you always have a health program running. With short breaks in between. Yes, that's correct. Short being five days. No, two to three weeks off. Two to three weeks, and then you're back on. Okay, good. And, and during the summer, there's a longer break between diabetes and the DART program. And then during the winter, uh, there's so a summer is a more a calm time. You take a little bit of time to breathe, travel, and then you then the rest of the nine months, you're pretty aggressive. That's good. Yeah, we need to add another program, don't we? Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Maybe we'll start a stop smoking program during the summer. Yes, Dr. Adams. I just want to say amen. It's a great encouragement to an author to see people uh, pick up a book and see that it has a practical value. And I've also been very encouraged by all the adaptability that I see. I, I think that very often... Uh, people get into a mentality, this is a uh, copyrighted program, you can't vary from it in any way whatsoever. And I have always felt very free to uh, modify a program to, to fit what I was comfortable with, and I encourage everybody to do this. I also want to say that, you know, it's not my book, and it's not my plan, it's not my idea. These ideas have all come from Scripture and Spirit of Prophecy, and I have learned many, if not most of them, from other cohorts. I've just collected them and put them into a book, and I praise God that there are many people that are seeing the value in medical ministry. It will hasten Christ's uh, return. Amen. And I I'm not going to take any credit for that. I'm going to give him the glory along with each one of you. Spoken like a true tertiary care physician. 
<laughs> Just a quick question for Pastor Anderson here. One of the thrusts has been how can we get these programs more happening in our churches? And Pastor Anderson mentioned that he's partnering with the local community to have, it, have some of them in more of a neutral place. You want to comment on that? Yeah, one of the principles in the book is to have these events at uh, your facility. So one of the areas that, that I'm exploring, at, we'd like to see at some point in the future planning another church. And so uh, to do that, you have to do work outside of where you currently are. And so I misspoke a little bit about the community center. It is a little bit outside of where we are in an area that I have an interest in developing a, a program. But one of the strong principles in the book is to hold these health programs at your facility, and that's what we're certainly trying to do. I'm just um, thinking here, the, the talk that we heard this morning, there was mention made of small groups. We talked about table leaders here. And I'm just wondering, you know, what if, as we go down this flow chart from our weight loss program to graduation Sabbath to studies, I guess you by that you mean uh, individual, like in-home Bible studies? And I'm thinking, well, what if instead of jumping to, like, let's do doctrinal Bible studies and get you in the church, if the table leader turned out to be part of a what has often been called a care group or missional community group, or Ellen White used the term uh, companies organized for service, so that these relationships that are being formed now are inviting people, hey, um, next Thursday night at my house we're having dinner and we're going to have a little uh, Bible study about a topic that the pastor talked about and kind of continue those relationships in a spiritual context, but in a family setting, you know, in someone's home rather than, hey, let's come into your house and do this or come to the church and do this. Yeah, that's excellent. And that's what we're doing at our home every Friday evening. We have a group that we essentially have gone through the Secrets Living Stronger, Living Longer curriculum, and now we're continuing on through the prophecies. Excellent. So, how do, do you feel that your practice connects in, in your, the patients you see in your practice? How do you feel that that connects in with the church, churches, this, this pathway? And is there a connection? And what, what are your thoughts about that? Every single person gets a flyer for dinner with the doctor, pretty much. And we're going to do a better job this year of having the flyers for all of these weekly health programs available in advance so that every obese patient now is going to get a best way flyer. I tell them about it, but I haven't had the flyers, you know, six months in advance like I should. So um, we've identified a person that's going to create all of these flyers for us, you know, a year, year and a half in advance so that I can be inviting people in a very intentional manner. And um, the other physicians in, uh, in our church are going to be doing the same. Yeah, this, uh, this very last dinner with the doctor, uh, there's a patient who needs a colostomy reversal, and I told him I wouldn't do it till he lost 100 pounds. And um, said, but you know, I can help you with that. Come to dinner with the doctor, and if you come next time, we'll, um, we'll tell you about the Best Way program, and it's coming right up, and that'll be about right. Um, and interestingly, afterwards, he stayed late, and he was like, you know, I know in the Bible God said to eat a vegetarian diet. Where did he tell people they could start eating meat anyway? And that led to a nice 15-minute discussion afterwards, a Bible study about health. It was very interesting. It was, one, it was very encouraging to me. Yeah. yeah, hi. I just wanted to talk about uh, adaptation. Uh, I'm involved with Life and Health and Amen. Diabetes Undone. Yes. And we, we encourage a lot of churches to do it on a monthly basis so that you can do twice a week. It only takes you four weeks to get done. 
And the Spanish version is now ready, just about ready to print the, uh, the booklets. And so hopefully within the next month, we'll have the Spanish edition as well. Amen. Wonderful. Let me just give a plug for the um, Diabetes Undone. I have found that works really well one-on-one. So I have done several of those one-on-one in people's homes um, where I've just purchased the, um, either the online version or um, some other version. And then I'll cook the food for I'll bring the raw ingredients for the food to their home, and then they'll cook it that week, and the next week that's their homework, and they tell me about it. So for one-on-one, I found that really effective. Yeah, very good. One of the things that we have found at our center in our health programs that's been really helpful to get really close to the um, non-Adventists that are coming is that we have been offering um, health coaching. And in this last cooking school, we had 12 people that signed up for our health coaching, and six of those, six people signed up for Bible studies. So we have our team now doing health coaching. And when they do health coaching, that's a once-a-week um, visit with them. So we're getting to know them, and now they're coming not only to our health programs, but they're coming to our spiritual programs. Right now, Mark is running one on uh, the seven great prophecies of the Bible, and, and we have... Uh, about uh, 40 non-Adventists coming to that. And so um, I find that if you're running a health program, we found that if you're running a health program, offer the health coaching because then it's one-on-one and you really get close to them. Amen. A couple more questions here. Maybe two more questions and then we'll need to wrap it up here. And uh, picking up on the health coaching, we had a ministry in Loma Linda with students and we did health coaching and it was working really well. We're just teaching them the eight laws of health and we also gave them spiritual in each uh, presentation. We would do cooking at their house so we would do this like once a week and then at the end we'll transition into Bible studies. We did this, it was doing great until uh, members started, started graduating from the university and I had a baby, and things went uh, crazy, but it, it worked very well for the time that we did yes, it. Yes, thank you. It's wonderful. It's a problem with uh, university students that keep leaving. One more comment. I have several questions for the whole room, and that is, um, what are our thoughts on the pricing of some of these things? Uh, some people that we know are struggling with, you know, basic costs of the depression recovery program. And also, uh, I haven't heard anything at these seminars about literacy, but we are probably in this room some of the most literate people. And, and even educated people can be functionally illiterate as in not enjoying to read and at least the depression recovery uh, program is very high intensive on reading and so from the statistics that I was hearing only about 20 percent or even less are fully literate in being able to just read a book and it's surprising how we had some another person who was interested in going, but he but he told my mom, I, I don't know how to read. 
and this was in a church. So, you know, a little bit surprising. So anyway, what are we doing about price and for those who are... That's a good question. So we're out of time. Let me briefly address the price, and then Patty may want to address it as well. All of these programs are free, um, with the exception, I think, DARP, they need to pay for some materials. Is that accurate, Pastor Chris? It's about $200 for DARP. About $200 for DARP. And the, uh, Depre- the Diabetes Undone program, we did uh, request them to uh, pay for their materials, although we did have some scholarships. But all the other programs are uh, free. So... Yes, Patty, did you want to comment? Just, we want people coming to our church every week for a health program. We have a room dedicated, a community health room. That's where we go for this depression program that we used with It Is Written, this packet of material. We just charge a one-time materials fee of $5. Yeah. And then people are coming for free, and they can come and go. We're not taking, I mean, we want to be a blessing and not have cost be a hindrance. So yeah, we, don't we just have a, material, a materials fee for something minimal is all we do. Yeah. On the other hand, paying something, they value it more. As we do want them to pay a little bit. Thank you all for coming. Uh, please, um, uh, Tini, do you mind coming up front? And Patty coming up front. And um, anyone who has questions for them about the uh, other health programs, please put down your email address. We do have Eldon Adams' book up here. If you attended this entire seminar, one per family, please. Thank you all for coming. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.